Hey, can you hear me? Hey, I can hear you. Cool, cool, cool. So we'll get started. How are you today? How was your weekend? Your weekend, I'm a counselor, so I like to ask people questions. So how was your week? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Said, how was yeah, how was your week? I was saying I'm a counselor, so I love to talk to people. So how was your week? Was it good? Oh, thank you. It was good. Um, I worked a lot this week. I actually just got off from work. And, um, but it was good. It was good. You know, just working and living life. How was your week? My week was pretty good. Um, I didn't really do anything this weekend. I just did a bunch of self-care and I'm actually going to send a bunch of my friends some cookies tonight and package them up and ship them tomorrow. So it's just a self-care weekend for me today. You are so sweet. I love that. What kind of cookies are you making? Um, red velvet for like oh, three people. My God. Yeah. I love red velvet. I'm going to have to ship you some cookies one day. <laughs> yes, please do. So let's get started. How, um, what about your educational background? How did you decide to um, be a physical therapist? So what led you to that? Okay, well, let me introduce myself. I'm Dr. Mm-hmm. Jazz. I'm a pediatric physical therapist. Um, I also do inpatient rehab with adults. And what led me to that, um, my educational background. So at high school, I was a student athletic trainer and I hated it. But I did it because, like, my friends were doing it, and I love mm-hmm. like the um, like the health field. But I just did not like that role of being like a first responder, and you know, being the first person to go out on the field yeah. if somebody like breaks their leg or something. I was like, Mm-mm, I do not like that. So I really love the rehab part of things. So that's what got me into physical therapy, and then I have a bachelor's degree in biology. And I have my doctorate degree in physical therapy. So that's so yeah. cool. I was a biology major when I first started, and it just was like I was good at it, but I didn't really like biology. But I mm-hmm. always have been like a science nerd, so I can relate to that. I can relate to that as well. Yes. So what? So why did you choose pediatrics? Did it just fall in your lap? Do you prefer to work with kids versus adults? So like, what is your preference? Okay, so that is just that's another um, kind of like weird story. So when I got into PT school, I remember one of our professors wrote, like, what do you want to do for your career? And I wrote down, I wanted to be a traveling pediatric physical therapist. And at the time, I was like, I mean, I like kids. I feel like kids are fun. It's going to be a great time working with them. Like, I just, and I'm like, I'm just an upbeat, energetic person. So I felt like kids was like the perfect population for me. And then once I um, started to have experience with pediatric clinicals and um, just pediatric experiences. I was like, okay, this is what I want to do full time. So I definitely prefer the pediatric population over the like adult population or geriatric population. But I like working with all kinds of people. Kids are just my favorite. Yeah, same. Like me being a counselor, like working with kids is kind of like with addictions, it's kind of like you see them at the worst of worst. Um, but personally, oh, I enjoy working with um, adults. I don't really like working with kids. Um, <laughs> when I interned for my graduate program, I actually was at CPS for almost well semester. And I left there like, no, I can't. Kids are crazy. I, I don't have the CB. Mm-hmm. So I prefer adults. I really prefer adults. So yeah. what in, do you hold any certifications? Like any certifications you want to shout out that you're proud that you have? Um, yes. Well, on top of like my doctorate degree of physical therapy, I have an early intervention certificate. 
So okay. that's what working with kids from birth to three years of age, which is what um, the population I primarily work with. And then I'm also um, in this program called MUSC's Lens Program. And I don't know, I can't remember like the direct acronym and what it means, but it's basically um, leadership development for working with families and children who and children who have neurodevelopmental disabilities. Okay. Um, so it's a very good program. Like I love it. I love the early intervention um, program. I got my certificate through too. So I just, I am what I call an internal learner. Like I feel like I'm always going to learn. Like I just, I love learning so much. Like a life, so. like a lifelong learner. Um, yes. And I like to say that too. Um, I'm apply. I haven't actually told anybody this, but I guess I'll tell oh. you. Um, yeah. But I am going to apply to get my doctorate in social work. Um, so I've been applying yeah. to different um, programs and stuff like that. But I'm definitely a lifelong learner. And it's like I'm kind of bored. Like, oh, should I go back to school? I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go back to school. Whatever. <laughs> Congrats to you. That is wonderful. Like, I, social workers make the world go round. Um, I'm with social workers because I've had I have a lot of patients who are in foster care. So mm. I definitely appreciate um, social workers. Tough yeah. yeah it's tough um definitely tough it's not for the week I've only been doing this Mm-mm. social work since May of last year so it's not for the week but that's why I always have the importance of self-care yes and I feel like I'm finding that balance of self-care as well because yeah working with kids is definitely not for the week like it is emotionally mm-hmm. draining and I feel like I you know, like you just have to take care of yourself so I'm really stressing that this year for me because I can't pour from an empty cup you know like as mm-hmm. much as I want to be there for everybody in these families it's like I can't do it all so so what is a typical day um for a physical therapist I know you say you do the um, child and you work weekends with the adult so what is a typical mm-hmm. day for you know work with a child versus a typical day with work with an adult client or a patient Ooh, okay so typical day um so my patients okay so from the pediatric population I'm like three and I was working at schools so they can be as old as like 15 years old so um a typical day it's different every day because with early intervention I can work at home daycares um clinic parks like I can develop and with physical therapy I'm really working on things like rolling sitting crawling walking jumping running balance coordination strengthening positioning Helping with assistive devices, getting medical equipment. So, I mean, it's, I feel like I'm never bored, but sometimes it can mm. get overwhelming. So, yeah. um, I typically eight patients out there a day and um, ranging from different ages. And I like bring toys, I bring like um, exercise balls, exercise cards. And I do like a lot of, for my younger, younger kids, my infants, I do a lot of like patient education with the families. So let's say a child was born with they're gonna get referred to me and I'm gonna give them a standardized test and then I can see where they score at versus where a typically developed and then I kind of give the parents um strategies on how to work control trunk control, core strength, rolling, tummy time, um doing things like that. So it's very fun. I like that part. And I like when you work with kids because on your story, I think one time you was like, it was a big dog or something. So I know you can have like crazy adventures um, when you go into somebody's oh, house. My. 
you wouldn't even believe people would not believe the things that I've seen. Like I, I would have to. I always say like I want a reality TV show so people can see. Mm. Like, y'all would be like, "There's no way this is happening right now." Or so, even just being a fly on the wall just to see some crazy stuff that you probably see. So yeah, I get that. Yes, yes. And then with adults, in one place, I'm in the hospital, um, and I like it because everybody is there. So I have the PT, OT. Um, that, um, physicians, nurses, like everyone's in one place. So if there's an issue, you know, like if somebody passes out or if somebody's in pain, I can always like call the nurse or call like the OT or the speech or somebody. So I like that collaboration piece of things. I feel like yeah. we work better as a team when everybody's right there and I can just go grab somebody really quick. Um, so that's that's a huge difference. And I can I understand with, with that when I worked in um, healthcare, we would call it like multidisciplinary team meetings. So, you know, mm-hmm. I was the case manager at the time. So we had the provider, you have the nurse, the medical assistant. So it's cool when you have like a lot of support versus you being the only person when you're on your own. I can kind of understand what that. It can be a huge difference. It can, you know, make a, it could be very impactful when you're kind of like the only go-to person, if that makes sense in that setting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 100%. So who has inspired you or who is the most influential person in your life that's, you know, always supported you through, you know, undergrad, graduate, um, doctorate? Who is the type of who is the person in your life where you want to give a shout out or thank for supporting you through your journey? Oh, I love that. Um, I feel like I definitely cannot just say one person. Like, I just feel like I am so blessed to have a tribe and support system and that is really important mm-hmm. and I realize a lot of people don't have that and it's like I feel like that what that's what makes or break you like that's how you're going to accomplish your goals and your dreams so first of all God like God has always led me and just everything that I think is a coincidence is not and mm-hmm. it's just I, it's so many things I can think of I'm like now I see why that happened like I didn't know why it happened in the past but now I know why it happened today so um Definitely God, my family, my parents have always been supportive. My sister has always been supportive, and she's an occupational therapist, so we're both in the healthcare field. Cool, that's so cool. Yes, and then my best friends, Taryn, Charity, Francesca, like, all of them have just been very supportive on my journey, and my line sisters have been very supportive, so I just love the trial that I have. Like, I feel like every time I do something, my friends are always there. They're just like, we're going to support you. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a very important thing. I I feel like I never really, I know this is probably cliche to say, but I never knew that people didn't have support until I became a counselor myself. Because you're like, I okay, like, do you have, that. yeah, yeah. Like you grow up like, oh, everybody has parents that support them or friends and family. And it's like, in reality, most people don't have that at all. So mm-hmm. I can't even imagine like going through graduate school, undergraduate, or even like with my podcast or my food blog, or my cookie business and not having support. So yeah, that's, that's very rare. Very, very yes. rare. And I feel like I recognize that a lot, like even in my field, because I'm like, you know, a lot of parents, a lot of my parents are first time parents and a lot of them mm-hmm. are even young. Some of them like are in high school and they have a baby that's born with a disability. and Anybody to call to like help them. And a lot of times like I can have children with, similar medical backgrounds and medical conditions and one of my kids they'll be like progressing they'll be hitting their milestones like they're really doing well and then my other child 
a lot longer and they're not progressing as much as I thought they would. And I'm like, what is the difference between the two? Mm-hmm. And the it's usually 90% of the time, the difference is because one family has support and the other one does not. Wow. And I'm like, that is so sad. Like, it doesn't have to do any, 90% of the time. Medical, anything. It's just that person comes from a supportive family. Yeah, people don't realize how much emotional support you need. Um, and I just hate that everyone doesn't have that you know I really hate that everybody has does not have that in their life and like I said until I became a counselor maybe I was naive because you know most of my family and friends have supportive family and friends too but that has to be very tough for somebody not only a client but a patient too so yeah it's Uh tough that's very 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 tough normal like that should be normal that shouldn't be a privilege for you to have support but typical things so yeah that's sad so um if you guys y'all don't know but she does travel a lot i see her on the gram okay we traveling booking these trips (laughs) 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 so what is um your favorite country you ever visit i have never been out the country yet i want to do it when i turn 30 um but i have never been out the country We're going tomorrow. Where you going to uh, go? Uh, <laughs> I, I turned 30. I turned 30 next year. So this this year will be my last year in my 20s. So when I turned 30, I already told my close friends and family, like, I want to go out the country. So oh, I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> Period. Come on, girl. Girl, I love traveling. So, okay, my favorite place out the country. Um, Definitely. So I've traveled a lot when I was in um, under abroad and Morocco, Cuba, and Costa Rica. So Morocco and Cuba are definitely like my top two. And then Dubai. Dubai is like everything. That's the top of my list. That's the top Girl, of my list. You have to go. That's like the top I of encourage my list. everybody. I encourage everybody to go to Dubai. And the United Emirates a new country. Like it's only been a country for like 50 years. So it's mm. like everything that Dubai says it is, it is. Like when I say luxury, like just high quality of technology it's just it's a whole new vibe and culture dubai cuba and morocco has places so far definitely want to go to both i know cuba is kind of more not stuck in time but i've seen like videos and pictures it's kind of like they still have Mm -hmm. to catch up to more things but i definitely love that about them i love how cuba is like stuck in time because i feel like it's not well, when I I went in like 2015, it was a long time ago, but yeah. it was it wasn't Americanized, if that makes sense. Yeah, simple living, very, simple living, very and stuff, simple yeah. living. Like even their healthcare, they have one of the best healthcare systems in the world, and people don't know that. And it's like, um, they even what was I gonna say? What's the like education is really good over there. And oh, when it comes to racism, when I say when I at the time I went, like racism was not a thing in um in Asata Shakur you mm-hmm. know that's where she went to um escape from America and suffer she's yeah. on, she still is on the most wanted list but in her book she talked about how there's no racism like it's just people live their life like it's not oh you're black I'm white like even with when, when that, um, the mentor I went with he asked a um, waiter one time he asked her to come over and we were because we was talking about racism and colorism 
to us, she was like a light-skinned girl, curly hair, like we would describe her as light-skinned. And he was like, how do you describe yourself? And she and he was like, you're, wow. you don't think you're light-skinned? And she was like, what is that? She was like, I'm African. Wow. And everybody just identified. It wasn't like, I'm like it was so it was a big culture shock and I'm like I do not want Americans going over there and corrupting everything and you know <laughs> so. Yeah, we, we have a lot of colorism within our community. So that's cool to see that that doesn't really that's exist cool. there because they're probably just like, Oh, they're probably like if you're black, you're literally you're legit black, like you're not light skinned, yeah. you're not brown skinned, you're not, you know, yeah. That's yeah. cool, that's cool. But yeah, definitely when I turn thirty, you can get an invite. Period. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but that's so cool that you make time to travel, even though you're busy mm-hmm. with your career, you still take time out for yourself, and that's very, very important too. Yes, and speaking of like that, when my career first time, I'm actually talking about it, but um, mm-hmm. I'm about to do travel physical therapy, and when I say I'm what? so excited, like I just because I love to travel, and I just I don't, I just I feel like as millennials. We do a nine to five for like 40 years and retire at 65. We don't want to work a nine to five and have a one to one to two week vacation a year. Like, we're not trying to do that. Absolutely not. And that's exciting. That's very exciting. So, what areas do you know what areas you'll be traveling to? Is it going to be like outside of South Carolina? Give us some background about that. Yes, so I'm actually going to start in Arizona, and um, I'm going to be on a Native American Arizona. Um, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I need to Google it to see how you pronounce it. But um, it's the Navajo Nation Reservation, and I'm going to be doing school-based pediatrics, which I already have experience in that, because I supervise for two schools that I work with. But yeah. It's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be different. It's gonna be a different cold. I've never been to Arizona. Never been. Um, Me either. So, I've never been. I know it's hot. It's hot, and I love it. at all. And I know one thing you have to try. Um, I know everybody knows I'm a food blogger, but it's called fry bread. I've always wanted to try that. You have to try that. It's like pretty much bread topped with different stuff on there. Um, but you got to try some eats that they have there. So I know fry bread is the number one thing they have there. And I love bread. So that's perfect. Mm-hmm. You got to try that. You got to try it. So what advice. It. Yeah. And I always end with this. Um, and this is a pretty short podcast, but she's a very yeah, knowledgeable black queen. Okay. Um, so. So I always end with this. What would you tell your younger self? So I always tell people to, um, you know, you know, you get older and you're like, oh, I can't wait to get to this thing to this thing. And then I had to sit one day and tell myself, like, my younger self would have been proud of herself right now. So let me pick an age where you can kind of go back. Uh, What's a good age? What would your 18 year? What would you say to your 18 year old self? Oh, my 18 year old self. Oh wow, I love this question. Um, okay, what would I tell my 18 year old self? I ate to the illustrious Virginia State University. 
Columbia. I feel like I was feeling, I was at a moment in my life where I was excited scared to like start a new life because I was moving to Virginia I didn't know nobody at Virginia State like so wow. I kind of feel like this is this might be a pattern in my life now I think about it because I might have moved to Arizona I don't know anybody in Arizona either so um sometimes you got to do that though but I, you know what I would tell my younger self that everything is going to work out like I feel like so far in life I have I have desire like God is good. I feel like if you just you stay obedient and you learn because you're going to make mistakes and you're going to be so disappointed and mad at yourself, but you're going to pick up the pieces and you're going to keep going and you're going to make a mistake again and the same thing is going to happen. So I would say just believing in the pattern and, you know, just taking it one day at a time and enjoying where, oh, enjoying where I'm at in life too because I had a great time in college. So, yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'll tell my 18-year-old self, oh, my God, what would I tell myself? I used to be so quiet, and everybody says that in my life. I used to be very quiet and reserved. So, like, over the years, I've become more so extroverted. extroverted. Um, But what I would just tell my 18-year-old self is to enjoy the moment and not, you know, be so anxious or anxiety-ridden and just Mm -hmm. literally be your authentic self, and it's all going to work out. So that's what I would tell my 18-year-old self. For sure. I love that. Yes. And I would also say, like, don't get caught up in what everybody else is doing. Yeah. You have to do it. Like, mm-hmm. all that peer pressure stuff. And just loving myself more. Like, my 18-year-old body was bomb. And I used to be like, no, <laughs> like, I don't like it. And I, I'm like, now people are paying for that body. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. back, they'll say, like, I thought I was so fat. And it's crazy for me. It was the opposite. Like, when I was in high school, and we actually have our 10-year reunion coming up in May yeah, of this same. year. And we have mm-hmm. a party and stuff planned. But I was thinking, like, dang, like, I was real chucky back then. I think back in high school, I was, like, 200 pounds. So wow. I would have never in a million years think that I would literally look the way I look. And I talked about this on my podcast before. Like, I'm at a point in my life now where I love my body. And I'm like, you know, if I have a little roll there, okay. Because you had five of them back in the day. So, girl, you can do it good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's how I see okay. myself now. Mm-hmm. So I always end on the final thing is I like people to tell me what songs they've had on repeat. So we can pick about four songs that you've had on repeat and I'll pull up my Spotify as well. Girl, you already know what I got on repeat. Beyonce, everything <laughs> Beyonce. So, okay. Literally, I had, no, literally. Okay. <clears throat> Let me go pull it out. You going to the concert? <sighs> Don't I'm going to the concert. I'm going to the one August 12th in Atlanta. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, here it is. Girl, why are you So I've been having Move um, by Beyonce on repeat. Um, mm. Heated. Um, cozy. I love that. Comfortable in my skin. I lo- ooh, love uh-huh. it. And then Alien Superstar. Is I love for? Alien Superstar. I love Alien Superstar. Yes, for Thank you. Um, for me, I love I love SZA. I love SZA. So my number one song right now is Snoo. Star. Oh, yeah, Snooze is good. I thought Snooze be number one, but it's not. Or Kill Bill. Um, yeah. number two song is Don Tolliver featuring I can't say her name Kaylee Yukas. It's called For Me. Um, third song mm. is Rihanna Lift Me Up. I hated it at first, but I absolutely love it now. 
Yeah. And my fourth song is dedicated to TikTok. It's Mariah Carey. It's a rap, but it's the remix mm-hmm. her, with um, Mary J. Blige. So yeah, that's my top four songs. Good, it's spicy. I like that. Yeah. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, and I didn't tell you guys I know her because her and my friend Charity are best friends, they're childhood friends. Um, and that's how we are connected to each other. Um, but I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's very exciting that you're going to be a traveling um physical therapist. That's awesome. And I just wish you much success. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Keep doing what you're doing. This is wonderful and People need to hear what you have to say. So thank you. No problem. And I'll end on it how I always end on it. If no one has told you they love you today, I love you. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Oh, I love you. Take care. Bye, y'all. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. You're welcome. (laughs) Bye.